This is because I want to. Hello, and welcome to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to, because you know what? We can. I'm Sarah. (laughs) I'm Lindsay. And this week we're talking about a plethora of items. We are. We have a lot on the agenda for today. (laughs) We do. We have an actual agenda. (laughs) It's not usually the case. Um, But how's your week been? My week has been good, uneventful, uh, thinking of going camping next week. That's fun. I like camping sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing is like, I always think camping's great and then I go camping and then I can't sleep all night and I'm scared and I'm like this isn't as great as I thought yeah it's really hard to sleep when you're camping because I'm always like someone's gonna slash this tent open with a knife and murk me in the middle of the night exactly that's what I think too and just like the noises and the ground is really hard but I'm going to try I'm I'm in for my annual attempt at camping to see if I like it Are you going to go camping somewhere with toilets or are you going to have to like shit in the woods? I prefer toilets. Same. (laughs) I have a really hard, this is overshare, but I have a really hard time peeing without a toilet. Like I'm not one of those women who is gifted in just being able to like squat and pee. How's your week been? Um, it's been Okay. I don't know, it's been very like up and down. Like I'll like get towards the end of the day and I'm like, wow, that today was great. Like my kids participated. I feel like my lesson went well. And then like something happens at the end of the day and I'm just like, I hate everything. Yeah. So it's it's been all over the place. I will say though, doing this, I'm less tired than I am normal teaching. Like normally mm-hmm. I'm so tired at the end of the day after regularly teaching and I've been okay. For the most part, I was tired today, but that's good because, yeah, when you're teaching, well, I don't know because you have to be on, but I don't know if virtually you'd have to be on even more. It depends what attention. I'm doing. So it's like I definitely like ramp up as the day goes on. Like, first period, I'm like very dull, and then by like sixth period, I'm all over the place. So, um, it just depends. Like, today they did a lot of independent stuff, so it wasn't as... I didn't have to be as, you know, mm. engaging. Uh, but we'll see. Hybrid's coming up. The when is that starting? October 19th. Oh, that's, like, pretty soon. Yeah, are you ready? No. No. <laughs> Nobody's ready. We don't know what we're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. It's going to be great. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there a schedule or a plan for how that's going to work? There is a vague plan that I'm sure will change. And I don't know. I think we're just going to kind of take it as it comes, you know? So is it like all the kids are going to be virtual part of the time and in person part of the time? Yeah. So I guess like what's the point of that? Because... It's just to have less bodies in a room. 
So you'll have some kids on some days and other kids yeah. on other days. Yeah. Oh, like they're split in okay. half. And so like I'll have half of them the first half of the week and the others the second half of the week. And all of them are virtual in the middle of the week. So they can clean. <laughs> what a crazy world we live in right now. I I'm... know. I'm just. Yeah. Speaking of crazy world. RGB died this week. RBG, not RGB. I'm so tired. <laughs> RBG died this week. May her memory be a blessing. I'm over 2020. <laughs> let's just the worst. move on. Yeah, let's just start the new year now. <laughs> oh my gosh. When I found out she died, I cried. I like legit cried. Yeah, I was at the beach um with my sister and my husband and she was my sister was like oh she just died and I literally gasped and covered my mouth and was like what (laughs) it's just like so many things like just that she was such an amazing person and she did so many impressive things and was such like a solid lady and then just I can't even mourn her death like I want to because all of the other shit associated with it Mm-hmm. That everyone was like, no, they won't do that. I'm like, they will absolutely do that because that's what hypocrites do. Did so. you see? Um, I saw this in a TikTok, but Trump's reaction when like someone told him. Yes, it made me cry. It made me cry because it was so uncharacteristic. Yeah. And Tiny Dancer was playing in the background like it was some sort of movie. Oh, I didn't see that edit. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't hear the Tiny Dancer in the background. Was that actually happening where yeah, he was? Yeah, he was at like a rally. Oh, I don't remember. Maybe it was like kind of quiet. But yeah, he just reacted like a normal person would. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was so out of character that I it made me cry. Yeah. So may your, may your memory be a blessing, as I've been told. That's what I should say. It's like crazy because last week we talked about like badass ladies of history and I feel like we could have talked about her while she was alive, but you know, she was a badass lady. Uh, We'll miss you, Ruthie. Yeah. All right. So next on the agenda, I don't know (laughs) if we ever said that we were going to do this. Did we ever say that we were going to be reading this book? We did. Okay. It's been a while since we talked about it, though, I think. This is true. So me and Lindsay were both intrigued, if you will, by the idea of chaos magic. So we both bought the book Condensed Chaos by Phil Hine, who I guess is not the creator of the concept. He just has the best book explaining it. Um, And we both read the first chapter. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of it? <sighs> Um, I don't care for, I don't know if this is going to change, but I don't care for like the writing style at all. No. I feel like I'm talking to someone or someone's talking to me and they're not trying to really explain something to me. They're trying to like, I don't know, show how smart they are, if that makes sense. He definitely like jumps around, so... the first chapter is he's like laying out what it is and like the tenets of it whatever like the main ideas but then he jumps to like telling a history of it Uh and then he jumps back so that was a little frustrating in that regard like the main there was no main idea of the first chapter it's so for me 
rambly and unorganized and again like he's not like he brings up this part about like fractals but doesn't really say what they are like why they're important like I I don't know I'm having a hard time like following it (laughs) I did not enjoy the part about the fractals I would think he was trying to make a point about like connection of ideas but it was a little lost Yeah, I think the general, and you can tell me what you thought, but the general consensus of the first chapter is just, there's no, it's a mixture of everything and there's no like set rules, but. Yes, I wrote down some quotes that I thought were like interesting. Let's hear them. Okay, so I guess there is a quote from, it's not him, it's not Hein's quote. So Hassan Sabah. And he said, nothing is true. Everything is permitted. So, uh-huh. like, the whole thing with chaos magic is whatever works for you, works for you. And therefore, you can't really put rules on it. You can't really have specific guidelines for what it is. Because if it works for you, then it works for you. So, everything's mm-hmm. permitted. Nothing is, like, fact. Nothing is set in stone, mm-hmm. so to speak. It's in flux, much like chaos. So I like that. That spoke to my soul, if you will. (laughs) In my soul. And where is the other one? Girl, I like highlighted in here. I put post-its in here. I underlined some stuff, but more in the second chapter than the first one. Ah, see, I haven't read the second chapter yet. Uh So it's... This one, chaos magic then is not a system. It utilizes systems and encourages adherents to devise their own, giving magic a truly postmodernist flavor. Yeah, mixing and matching and doing whatever. Yeah. So chaos magic is all about focusing your intentions in like a intentional way, I I guess, in order to like alter the universe to fit your needs. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. And I like that it seems from it anyway that you can pretty much take any practice from anything and make it work for you. So if like worshiping Athena works for you in that moment, you do it. If worshiping, you know, saying a prayer to Satan in a second works for you, do it. Like it's all just temporary. You're adopting a temporary belief to suit your needs. Mm-hmm. And I like that about it. I don't know. This this is definitely a me <laughs> kind of thing yeah I'm hoping as it gets more into it I'll like it more but I just feel like there's not it's a lot of um abstract theoretical stuff and I want more concrete like this is this this is this oh and I don't think it's that way at all yeah like he'll kind of bring up I guess this is supposed to be like an introduction, but he'll kind of bring up other things, but not really explain them. He'll just kind of mention them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think like the whole thing of it is like eschewing dogma and that there can't be specific rules or specific things. Like I think the only like the only things he said that are like the tenants are avoid dogma. Like you can't do that. Uh, You have to go off your personal experiences. So if something works for you, something works for you. And you should use that as your judgment, not what other people are doing. Um, To be specific and self-assess and be technical. So you have to be aware of your personal process. 
deconditioning. You have to throw off all your beliefs and you have to be willing to throw them off and willing to unattach yourself to them. And he said that was like, like everything, like sexual orientation, political beliefs, all those things. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if I, <laughs> some, <laughs> some of those things I'm pretty attached to. Yeah. Um, diverse approaches. So come at it how you need to. And then the last one was gnosis, where you have to figure out a state of alternate reality that works for you so that you can, I guess, get your mind there, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because I read the first chapter when I was on the beach and I was just like, what? Like, what is he even saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a lot of... Um, like really long paragraphs and I'm kind of like what was he what was his point there I don't know yeah some of it I just was like I don't know what he meant there moving on (laughs) yeah especially like towards the end it got a bit whatever (laughs) so I mean I'll keep reading and like I said I've read the second chapter and I liked it a little bit more than the first so I'm hoping that It'll be more, I don't know, like, relatable for me. Yeah. There's also um, a couple episodes of Last Podcast on the Left that they did specifically about chaos magic. And I listened to them a long time ago. So I started re-listening. And they're also a really good explainer of it and how it works. I was debating, because they have episodes about this book, right? Yeah, they, they talk about this book when they, yeah. I was debating listening to those episodes, but then I thought maybe I should come up with my own ideas before I listen to their episodes on it. I mean, that makes sense. It's too late for me. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. (laughs) It's too late. I've been listening. Um, But yeah, because they talk about it a fair amount because they did a couple episodes and this was in like 2016 um, about like the left hand and dark right hand of magic and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. The right-hand path. The left-hand path. So, yeah. That's condensed chaos. Yeah, maybe the ideas are there and I just don't like how he writes. I feel like he's, he doesn't, like, he's not someone who's a teacher. Like, I don't feel like he's good at explaining mm-hmm. it so far, at least for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it works for me because I am also a very, like all-over-the-place person when it comes to writing and expressing complicated ideas. Like, it takes a lot for me to whittle something down into something that makes sense for somebody somebody else, which is yeah. a struggle as a teacher sometimes. In um, the second chapter, you'll see he has, like, a couple anecdotes, like, specific things, and then that I could relate to and understand a little bit better. So I think that's what gotcha. I really need. Yeah. All right. Well, I suppose we will see where it goes, but I like it so far. So, it also seems kind of scary, but... <laughs> yeah, should we do the next chapter for next week? Yeah, I'm down. Okay. I'm down. All right, so obsessions yeah the actual topic of our episode is things that we are obsessed with uh i'm really excited these are the things (laughs) i just like to talk about (laughs) it was kind of hard for me to think of some stuff but i have like three or four solid things i have four 
Okay. I think that my obsessions are much more clear-cut than yours. Mm -hmm. Maybe that makes you a more well-rounded person than me. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I tend to kind of jump from thing to thing. I can see that. Yeah. Should we try and guess each other's? Well, I already know one of yours is going to be fan fiction. True facts. Are you going to talk about crafting? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of, okay, maybe we should start with those two then. Okay. Do you want to go first? Okay. I like crafting. Okay. You do like crafting. <laughs> but um, the thing is, I like to kind of jump from thing to thing. And I think it kind of like stems back to when I was teaching. I never had free time. So now that I don't teach and I have free time, I've been like going through all these different things. So right now, when I'm kind of obsessed with, I've termed collage bullet journaling. Okay. Which I saw on TikTok. And you basically like you have your, I don't know. Do you know what bullet journaling is? I was like kind of into it. I do. Sometimes I watch YouTube videos of people bullet journaling Mm because it's soothing. Yeah, so if journaling is, like, intimidating or too much work, bullet journaling, you just jot down ideas. You just take notes. But um, I saw these TikToks of this girl who is, like, gluing paper and stickers and stuff and just making it, like, a crafting experience as well. And I've gotten really into that. I could see that. I could see how that would be just soothing and calming to do. Yeah. And it's what I've been taking my notes on for this podcast. Um, And I've also gone through, I went through a quilting phase, which I think I'm out of at the moment. I liked your quilting phase. (laughs) I made, I think, four quilts. And then I was ready for, like, my new thing. And then I also did, like, embroidery and crocheting and knitting and candle making and just whatever you're a very creative person in a way that I'm not like I just don't have the patience for that well I like making something and you have like a product at the end Mm -hmm. I could see that I think it's nice to have something to show people and be like look at this thing I made Mm -hmm. so fan fiction (sighs) my one true love (laughs) Fan fiction. Okay, so I read pretty much exclusively, and I have for a really long time. Um, sorry, I just got a notification on my phone to clip the cat's nails. Don't worry, phone. I did that already. <laughs> anyway, so since, like, middle school, I would say I've read, like, exclusively fantasy. And the thing with fantasy is you always have in your head like oh it could have gone this way or it could have gone this way or I really wanted these characters to get together and so that you know spawns fan fiction where people write stories about these things happening and when I read Harry Potter I was convinced convinced that Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy should have ended up together (laughs) so I started reading fan fiction about it and let me tell you a lot of other people thought the same thing. So yeah. I've been reading. Yeah. I'm, I'm rereading Harry Potter and I've 
like texted and snapped you about this, but Draco is obsessed with Harry. Like there's something else yeah. going on there. They're obsessed with each other. Like the one book, he just follows Draco Malfoy around all the time. Like he's up to something. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. that's why you're following him around. So yeah, I read pretty much just Harry Potter fan fiction for a really long time to the point where I've read so much fan fiction about Harry Potter that I sometimes forget what actually happened in the books. <laughs> like, I'll be like, did that happen in a fan fiction? Did that happen in a book? And I don't know. I think fan fiction's a really good way, if you're really into something, to just really immerse yourself in it. So, like, I got really into Sherlock, and I read a lot of Sherlock fan fiction. Um, I read a lot of Avengers fan fiction and, like, Teen Wolf. And, oh, man, just, yeah, it's such a big part of my youth and my life. I read it today still. I don't read it as much. Now I read it as kind of a de-stressor more than anything else. So is it because you really like these characters and you want more from them? Is that I think what so. it is? And also, like, when you read a book, you have to, you know, learn the characters. You have to learn the world. You have to do all that stuff. When you read fan fiction, you don't have to do any of that. Like, you just jump in because you already know who mm-hmm. the characters are and you already know the world. So it's not, you know, such a big thing. Plus, you can do fun shit like crossovers. Like, mm-hmm. I read a really fun Doctor Who Harry Potter crossover. It was delightful. Um... And, you know, you get to be creative with it and just chill in that world for longer than you would have been able to normally. I guess my thing would be, like, how do you know it's going to be good? You don't. (laughs) You know, like, that's, like, I love Harry Potter, and I'm sure when I finish rereading it, I'll want more. But what if you start reading something and it's, like, I don't know. So you can... Typically, if I'm looking for something specific, I'll go and I'll, like, sort it by, like, number of hits or, like, number of likes it's gotten on archive. They call it um, kudos or how many times somebody's, like, bookmarked it. And then you can sort it by, like, pairing or, like, tags that people have put on it. And that way, you know, you can kind of weed out what's maybe not great. Um, So where do you read your fan fiction? archive so, is that what it's called in my youth <laughs> in, in our my youth, youth um i used to read on fanfiction.net which still exists i read on astronomy tower which i do not think exists anymore but that one was really cool that one was only harry potter fanfiction and then it was divided up by like genre so astronomy tower was like the romance genre and then all of these other places it was cool it doesn't exist anymore i don't think and hmm. hpfandom.net, may it rest in peace. I'll miss you forever. What happened? Copyright? Uh, it just, no, it just, they stopped paying the, <laughs> paying for the fees to have the site and took it down. Um, so now I read pretty much just on archive of our own. Controversy with fan fiction, though, is like, the authors and like you're taking the characters and is that right like some authors like straight up say don't do it yeah like won't allow it and i think fans typically are pretty respectful of that like if an author's like do not write fan fiction about this like typically you don't come across it there's somebody rather famous who's like very against it and i'm trying to remember 
is it George R. R. Martin? It might be. Um, who's just like not down with it. Cause I could see if I was an author with an acclaimed series, I would be flattered that people wanted to write fan fiction up until the point where they were profiting off of my characters, I think. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody really profits. Outside of maybe like Twilight. Twilight was a Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah. Originally. Yeah. Well. And um, the chick who writes Cassandra Clare, she wrote, uh-huh. used to write fan fiction. She used to write Harry Potter fan fiction. So maybe fan fiction is like a starting off point for people, but mm-hmm. then they kind mm-hmm. of develop their own stories. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And it allow, you know, allows people to practice and allows people to, you know, think about certain things. And sometimes things in fan fiction become canon. I know in Teen Wolf, there was a theme of what Styles' name was, and it was never mentioned in the TV show. But it just developed in the fandom that Mm. this was his name. And then that became his name on the TV show because it became such a thing in the fandom and in fan fiction. So is there anything like that with Harry Potter you can think of of, off the top of your head? I don't think so. She, you know, my feelings about J.K. Rowling recently. Why does she have to be so controversial? She just like shot her face. Like (laughs) no one shut your face. Sit in your big pile of money and shut up. (laughs) Like Jesus, you don't see Suzanne Collins like running around saying all sorts of stupid shit. She wrote her books and then she sat down and she was quiet. (laughs) Quiet. Well, yeah. Like, why does she have to? I don't know. Potentially ruin our enjoyment with her controversial, offensive opinions. Maybe we should only read Harry Potter fan fiction because then she doesn't get any money from it. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Support my habit, why don't you? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's fan fiction and my dear, dear love for it. I will never give it up. There are, I can send you, so there was a TikTok, I, I snapped you about it yesterday, of somebody who was asking for fan fiction recommendations and then... Somebody made a giant Google Doc of them, and I have uh, it. <laughs> it's huge. So. I'm sure, yeah. yes, when I finish Harry Potter, if I want to read any fan fiction, you're the person to ask about it. Depending on your tastes. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is like, do you skew romantic? Does it, or do you like oh, yeah. it to continue the way in the style that it already was? My favorite currently is I don't like to read them as kids anymore. Like, I just don't like to read the characters as kids anymore. Mm-hmm. So I like ones that imagine what happens after they grow up. Mm. Those are the ones I like to read. So adult ones. I could get into that. Yeah. And I like that, too, because you're not really going against the canon or anything you're talking about something that was only slightly addressed in the books so it's not as big of a you know diversion Mm -hmm. i will say though i only read ones where draco and harry end up together or if he just doesn't end up with anybody (laughs) those are the ones i read do you not like Ginny? no no every if you ever read a draco (laughs) a draco harry dreary as it's called in the fandom uh-huh. Um, if you ever read one of those, they typically vilify Ginny pretty bad, and I don't know that she deserves that, 
but uh, she was boring. She was more boring in the movies than she was in the books. I'll give it that. In the books, she was pretty kind of badass. But I don't know. <laughs> it just seemed... If I was going to have Harry end up with a lady, I wanted him to end up with Hermione because she was so cool. But, okay, and maybe we should save this for a Harry Potter episode, but I think Harry and Hermione are both too type A for each other. I don't think Harry is type A. He's so... He is. He's He's kind of a wang. He's the main character. Like, he's the shot caller and decision maker. Yes. Oh well, I'll finish the series and then we'll talk. We'll revisit this, I guess. Okay, I have my illustrated copies. I need to read, so maybe I'll start in on that mm-hmm. when I'm done reading Dune. Oh yeah, so that movie's coming out, right? Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. All right, let me see if I can guess your next one. Hmm. How well do I know my friend? <laughs> Are you going to talk about reality TV? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, reality TV and crafting were, I think, my, like, top two topics. Okay. Hit me with some reality TV facts. So, I think my reality TV is kind of, you can group it into two camps. Like, one is the more respectable competition reality TV. Okay. A la Survivor. Uh-huh. The Amazing Race. Uh-huh. Top Chef, shows like that. Uh-huh. And then the other camp that I'm equally is, or if not more into, is the just utter trash. You do love that trash. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Lately, what I've gotten into is the show called Love After Lockup. Oh. <laughs> is this like people who get out of prison and trying to find someone? Yes. Okay. Well, it's people who are in prison and they've struck up these relationships with people outside of prison and they get out and it's basically like what happens once they meet in person. And it's just so wild. These people are so wild. <laughs> See, you like that stuff, but I can't stand secondhand embarrassment, so I can't watch reality TV. Oh my God, that's all it is. And the people that go on these shows are so like, not like people I would ever know in real life. So I enjoy watching them and seeing how they interact with each other. Uh, That is true. Like the people on those shows are always bizarre. Yeah. Oh my God. I wouldn't know how to talk to them. There is this like one woman who her boyfriend was in prison. He got out. He like obviously was like cheating on her and doing drugs and stuff. And she wrote a note on the refrigerator that was like rules for Tony. Number one, no prostitutes. Number two, oh, no. no drugs. Oh, no. So you're just like, oh, my God. But then you're also like. Is this real? It's like how much of it's scripted and how much of it's not, you know? And I guess you never can know with those sorts of things. Yeah. So the other show I'll mention as being in that same, um, like, genre is 90 Day Fiance. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that show? I mean, I know of it, yeah. (laughs) I'm obsessed. And there's, like, five or six different spinoffs, and I watch all of them and it's like 
people who strike up relationships with people from other countries and they bring them over to get the like visa Visa. yeah where you have to marry them within 90 days and it's just a shit show (laughs) oh my gosh what would you say is your earliest like what is the first reality tv show that you really were like into survivor yeah I watched that show the first season when it came out. I was in elementary school. My family had a pool to see who would win. And I lost. That's insane. Elementary school. That show's been on forever. Yeah. Do you remember the show Bug Juice? I never actually watched that one. Oh, man. I liked that show for reality TV. (laughs) Was that reality TV? Sure was. Kids at Camp. Oh, see, I would I would totally be into that. But for some reason, I never got started watching it. And there was a reality show on Animal Planet called Horsepower about <laughs> girls who rode competitively. I had oh, that shit on DVD. My God. Like girls in high school. Uh huh. That would be reality gold. I can tell you right now. Oh, my God. I loved it. And it was like just basically an illustration of what you can do when you have a lot of money. Because there's mm-hmm. no way you ride horses competitively if you don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I'm sure in that world you get a lot of uh, big personalities and kind of entitled uh, teenagers. <sighs> I would watch it right now if I still had the <laughs> DVDs, but I don't. But if I did, oh, did it'd you ever, be great. Did you ever watch um, Meerkat Manor? Like, on occasion. I loved Meerkat Manor. It was a good idea. Oh, Just lighthearted entertainment. It was Meerkats who, they were just filmed all the time, and then, like, the producers came up with these storylines, and, like, they had names and personalities, and it was so, so good. I'm telling you, Animal Planet coming in with the content. But, yeah. I would say the show I'm really into right now is um, Big Brother. Although, I just what is like kind of the point of Big Brother? <laughs> the point of Big Brother is it's basically like a chess game, but with people. So you're watching people strategize and create alliances, and have competitions, and basically wheedle their way to the final two. And like, what? you know personalities do that successfully like it's interesting to watch like we talked about this in the cult episode there are some people who are so good at what they call the social game which is like manipulating people creating friendships and alliances some people are very magnetic yeah and charismatic Mm -hmm. so do they just like vote each other out until there's only two people left so for Big Brother, yeah, they do. Um, they vote until the final three. And I think Survivor is the same way. And then there's a jury of the previous cast members who've been voted out. And the jury votes on the final winner. Oh, so like the public doesn't get to vote at all. Well, on Big Brother, I think the very first season they had the public vote, but it was so boring because they voted for the nicest guy and there was no backstabbing. There was no strategizing. It was just basically a niceness contest. And then they changed it after that. Gotcha. Can't have the nice guy win. 
Well, it does. It just doesn't make good TV, you know. This is true. This is true. You're not wrong. All right, reality TV. I think that's where we differ the most. Yes, I know that's not your thing, but my guess for your next obsession would be. I guess I would generalize like K dramas or just Asian entertainment in some way. <laughs> I literally wrote down K pop and Asian entertainment. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> That's true. And I really honestly couldn't pinpoint to you like when I got so obsessed with it. Like it's definitely, I would say it started with K pop and then just like Asian entertainment has taken over the K pop aspect of it. I remember you starting to talk about K-pop like several years ago, and I kind of thought it was just like, not just with you, but just in general, kind of a fad. Mm -hmm. But no, it's here to stay. It's just so fun. Mm -hmm. So I think the first time, so I know the first K-pop song I ever heard was Be My Baby by the Wonder Girls, which is like older. And then it kind of was just like on my periphery. I don't even know if I thought they were Korean. I think I might have thought they were Japanese at the time because I had heard J-pop before. Um, and then I think on an, some YouTube video, BTS was on there and that was it. And then I started looking up stuff and then I got fucking obsessed with the K-pop group FX. Who They're not even a group anymore and it breaks my heart. They're I not? What them. happened? So FX has been around since 2009 and basically i didn't get into k-pop till like what 2015 ish Mm -hmm. and that was the last time they put out music so i got into them like at the tail end of their careers so to speak in that arena so i still follow all of them like individually in the things they do but yeah they don't make music anymore together Hmm. were they just not popular or they didn't get along or what was the deal so k-pop groups typically only last like seven years because of contracts like they're only contracted for x amount of time and then you re-up or not so they re-upped but they had a lot of issues with like they all were kind of doing their own thing like one of the members is chinese and she was always in china filming tv shows and stuff Hmm. and then one of the korean members is an actress and then the one I really liked, Amber, she's American, so she was back and forth between America all the time. Um, so they were just kind of all over the place. And also, I don't think their company was maybe the best to them <laughs> mm. in supporting them or giving them, you know, yeah. what they needed to do. So they're also the group that one of their members committed suicide last mm-hmm. year. It kind of seems like one of those things where especially because of the record labels being so awful, you can do for a short amount of time when you're really driven in your 20s and then you kind Mm -hmm. of are like ready for something else. Well, and it's like interesting too because arguably the girl groups could go on a lot longer than the boy groups can because the boy groups all have to serve in the military. So Mm. there's always like a gap where they're not all there, whereas the girl groups don't have that. So you would think... They would go on further, but I guess it also has a difference to do with, like, fan bases. Like, female fan bases tend to be a little more dedicated in the long term. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Than male fan bases. So, yeah, some K-pop groups have been around for, like, you know, 15 years. Well, what I've kind of realized is that I think teenage girls drive the trends of, like, any country. 
A hundred percent. They decide 100%. what music is popular, what clothing is trendy. Boys, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're just kind of like lost in the mix, I guess. But girls are I like. Think boys just follow what girls, you know. <laughs> I think it's changing slowly. Like, I feel like Gen Z males are kind of finding more of an identity, maybe, than other generations have in the past. But yeah. Teenage girls, man. They know what they like and they want everyone to know. That's the thing. Yeah, maybe girls mature faster. And so they're like, I love BTS or Backstreet Boys. And like, that's going to be what's popular. I do love BTS. And I'm not a teenage girl, but I just love them. I do too. I remember when we saw them in concert, I was thinking they could be really big because their music is fun it's like you know old school boy bands but modernized with like Mm -hmm. hip-hop elements like what's Mm -hmm. not to like I like that all of their music has like a really good message and that they're all about like self-love and giving Mm -hmm. back and things like that and I like that each member is kind of allowed to do their own thing like they all put out their own music without it being destructive to the band itself And, like, they all seem anyway, like, they want good things for each other. I don't know. I read an interview with somebody who had interviewed them and was saying that they're all actually friends. And that's, like, he never sees that in Mm K-pop. Where, like, all the people in the band actually clearly like each other. Um, Well, because they've been around for a really long time at this point. Seven years? Seven years? Shouldn't their contracts be up? Did they renew their contracts? Oh, I'm sure they re-upped. Are you kidding me? They would not (laughs) let them go. Like, (laughs) Yeah. So, But one of them, Jin's supposed to join the military this year. So I don't know what's... Really? What's going to happen. Yeah, he's at that age where he's got to... So is it like when you turn how old? Like, I think it's 27. You have to have served by then. So is he the only one who, oh, you have to have served by the age of 27? Mm-hmm. And he's the only one of that age who hasn't? None of them have. Wait, isn't, who's the oldest? Jin. Oh. What if they just, what if they just take a break and they just all serve in the military together? That's what I feel like, <laughs> I've actually thought about this. This is how like obsessed I am. So I think it would make the most sense because it's COVID and I Mm. think that they're making people serve less time because of COVID right now that they should all just do it now and get it done and then they can continue. Also, question, if they have some kind of USO thing like we do, but the Korean version, could that count as their service? Could they just tour? So there are like, I think, like army musicals and stuff that a lot of K-pop stars are in when they're in the military, but you still have to like serve in some capacity, like officially, as far as I know. Do you, um, women have to serve in their military too? No. Oh. Yeah. I'm glad that we don't have to serve in our military here. True facts. True facts. But Yeah. I love K-pop. I would say, arguably, I'm enjoying, like, dramas and Asian, like, TV more than I'm enjoying K-pop recently, though. Really? I think I'm aging out of a lot of K-pop. Like, I like Hmm. the older stuff. 
I'll always love BTS, but most of the stuff I really like are older bands, like FX and Girls' Generation and stuff that aren't, they aren't making music anymore, so I'm, t- so I'm too old. <laughs> what is it about the television that you like that's Here's, compared to, like, American television? So I was thinking about this, about why I like it so much, and I think that for the most part, at least the stuff I consume is very everything's placed in an idealized world even if like what the characters are going through and the situations aren't like i can watch a show that has a serial killer in it and i still feel like i'm in an idealized world which Mm -hmm. i think we don't really do as much in american television we definitely do don't get me wrong but it's just a lot of the times like i don't know especially i love to watch like k-dramas about a rich CEO falling in love with an everyday girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like not going to happen, but ugh, we don't make that stuff here. <laughs> we don't do that. Yeah. We make like Christmas movies about that, but that's about it. I think American TV skews more dramatic and especially like, I don't know if I'm just noticing it more lately, but crime, like true crime driven mm-hmm we do like that we have so many cop dramas and korea has cop dramas and i like them they're just not what i'm gonna watch and if you want to talk about suspending realism chinese tv man holy crap <laughs> <laughs> i watch that stuff and i'm like a i do not think that's what china looks like <laughs> b i do not think that's what houses in china look like C, I do not think, like, any of this is what that looks like. Yeah, watching anything that's, like, from China, I would definitely question. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, like, like, I see no evidence of heavy pollution. I don't even think you're (laughs) in China. Or just the hordes of, like, poor people. Yeah, I don't know. I've been watching some Thai television, which I very much like. Although Thai is in a very abrasive language. It took me a little bit to adjust. Is it? Yeah. It's very like, meh, meh. That's the sound (laughs) I associate with it. And Japanese, like, entertainment, if I had to describe it, I would say it's always very atmospheric. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, anytime I watch a Japanese movie, I'm just like, hmm. If I had to describe that, I would describe it as gray. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if you were to rank your, like, top three in order of, I guess, television from different countries, what would they be? Oh, gosh. Korea, one. Um, ooh, I would say Thailand, two. China, three. Japan, four. Hmm. I have a hard time with a lot of Japanese television. <laughs> interesting yeah so i don't know it's also nice to just like watch something different and you know see the world from a different perspective i know this is gonna sound like i don't know really lame but part of really what i really enjoy about 90 day fiance the other way where the americans go to the other countries is the culture clashes yeah because it's so interesting yes we don't really think, uh, I think, as people, how much your culture influences just who you are as a person. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. Especially with, like, 
Americans who are very, you know, we want what we want our way. And then they'll go to a country that's like Jordan or Tunisia or even like South Korea. And it's just so different. I think a lot of things that America struggles with, and maybe this is part of why we have so many issues, is that America doesn't really have a culture, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like a historically based, traditions based culture. We just don't have that. And I can tell when I watch like TV from other places, they have culture, they have rhythms they're following, they have traditions they're following. We don't really have that. Our culture is you can do whatever you want, which is problematic. Oh my God, it so is too. I'm mm-hmm. teaching my kids about that today, about how colonists went west, even though they were told not to because they just wanted to and they were used to doing what they wanted to. Yeah. Because they never had consequences before. Yeah, our culture is of like freedom and independence, which sounds nice, but it's very, it's the entitled Karen culture. <laughs> yep, it's the culture of the individual, not yes. America as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. It's individualism over your community. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. We can get into that discussion another day. <laughs> Let's not go down that negative road. <laughs> but yeah, so I love Asian entertainment. If you ever want to engage in some Asian entertainment, there's a lot of Korean dramas on Netflix. There are a few Thai dramas on Netflix, actually. Oh, yeah, we were going to do one. We were going to watch one. We still need to do that. We were going to watch Healer. Yeah. (laughs) I love Healer. Ji Chang-wook. He's so attractive. He's so beautiful. Uh, You know I think he's attractive in the fact that I actually know his name. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, I kind of want to see what the hype is about. Pick something and we'll watch it. Let's do that tomorrow. (gasps) Let's watch Healer tomorrow. Okay. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'll have to give you the login to my Vicky account so we can watch it. Can we both watch it at the same time? I'm sure. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> if, if you're not, sure, we'll watch something on Netflix. That's but... good enough for me. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited. Okay. Let me see if I can guess another one of yours. Oh, man. I feel like I've hit on, like, your two major activities. Mm-hmm. I had one person I'm obsessed with, but I don't think that you would guess them because it's kind of obscure. I think I've mentioned them like once to you. (laughs) I remember when you were really into the the musical Oliver. Oh, yeah. That was like my favorite movie growing up. (laughs) That's all I can think of. Person. (laughs) Can I have a hint? She is... Martha Stewart crossed with Morticia Adams. Oh, she's that you chick on YouTube. Yeah, and she had a Netflix I, show. Yeah, and she's is she like partially deaf or something like that? I don't think so. Oh, I'm thinking of a different person. But I know who you're talking about because you sent me their video before. So go ahead. Her name is Christine McConnell. Yes, and... I remember you sending me. Yes. Oh, my God. Like I said, she's like Martha Stewart, but with the aesthetic of Morticia Adams. And I'm obsessed with her. And she's the only person whose Patreon I've ever considered subscribing to. 
Ooh, wow, that's like high praise because I've never considered it. <laughs> she does like crafty stuff, but it's like spooky, but also really high quality, like craftsmanship type stuff. And she just bought like an old historic Victorian mansion in New England somewhere. And she did like a candlelight tour of it. And she was talking about how. She wanted to look nice for the ghosts when she got there. (laughs) I would also like to look nice for the ghosts. She had a Netflix show called The Curious World of Christine McConnell. And I watched it, I think it was last year around this time. And it's like her doing spooky crafts and, but it wasn't renewed. And she does some YouTube stuff, but her main, she exists just off of Patreon. Like, that's how she earns her living. Damn. That's, I feel like I would be too concerned all the time as to my money flow to do that. She clearly makes a lot of money, though. But she does, like I said, it's not like just basic crafting stuff. Like, she will do woodworking Like, she renovates houses, and, like, in her old house, she hand-painted, like, all the walls in the house, and her aesthetic is just, like, really, really cool. I could get down with that. What was her name again? Christine McConnell. I shall look her up. I'm in, I I need something ambiance-inducing for spooky season. She's perfect for Halloween, and... Like I said, I think her, I assume her Netflix show is still on Netflix, but I just love like her house tours and she wears these like, her, like her dresses are almost like 50s style, but then like her houses are all dark with candelabras and shit. I feel like that's a definite aesthetic that you see. uh Uh-huh. Like 50s housewife, but everything's spooky. Yeah, I'm all about it. And she's like a couple years older than us, I think. Okay, I can get down for that. All right. All right, do you have another one? I do. Do you want to guess? Is it something I could guess? I mean, probably. I'm pretty effusive about the things I like. I mean, I feel like we've already talked about fantasy. Is it fantasy? It's not. I didn't put that on there. Okay, I need a clue. Um, I like to watch these things to relax. And they're also oddly motivating sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I know as soon as you tell me, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, is it cleaning videos? It is. Oh, <laughs> yay, I got it. Because I've kind of gotten into those, too. <laughs> oh, my God, I love them so much. So cleaning videos. I like them all. Cleaning the home. Cleaning out people's ears. Cleaning Ew. cars. Watching people <laughs> clean carpets. Washing, like, people pop pimples and clean people's faces. I like them all. Uh, But I think my favorite are the ones where people clean, like, a really, really disgusting house. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, all, like, in fast pace. It's so good. It's so (laughs) good. There's something really satisfying about it, isn't there? There is. Like, watching someone declutter in quick time is just the best like there are a lot of tiktok videos like that where people are like i'm gonna clean my depression room and i'm like yes yeah that's a thing on tiktok i will watch you clean that and then it motivates you to clean your own house well and you introduced me to mrs hinch on instagram and i love her 
Oh, she's the best. She really is the best. Did you watch her make that brie cake today? Not yet. Ooh. Oh, oh man. I was like, <laughs> Mrs. Hinch. <laughs> what are you doing? How dare you do that Piling thing? up all that brie. <laughs> oh, my God. I love brie. <gasps> she's such a nice lady, too. She's just a nice lady. She's younger I- than us. I know it's hard to believe, but my favorite videos of hers are the where she makes lunch for her baby. I just love watching her make baby lunches for some reason. It's so cute. And her little wooden <laughs> plates, they're like, yeah. she'll like spin on her lazy Susan and then the yeah. food will appear. Oh, she's so cute. Her little son, he's so cute. There's just something really like satisfying and relaxing about it. I agree. Watching people clean and go about their lives is my favorite thing. Like, I love day in my life videos on YouTube. They're my fave to Mm -hmm. watch. Well, and I love on um, TikTok the, like, cleaning accounts and especially the ones that are, like, ASMR. Mm, Yeah. Oh, I should have talked about ASMR. I also love ASMR. I do, too. I really love, like, ASMR cooking. Everybody has, like, their ASMR niche. (laughs) So yours is cooking. There's also, like, this girl who does ASMR, like, crafting, where she'll, like, rip paper and glue it and tape it. I really like it when people... (laughs) My brain's like, woo! (laughs) (laughs) I really like it when people rip tissue paper. I'm like, yeah, rip it slow. (laughs) Yeah, like, what the hell? I used to be really into, like, um, nail art, almost ASMR, Mm, mm -hmm, where, like, mm -hmm. they would peel off, like, the pattern-making stuff on their nails and the reveal. I feel that. Mm. My favorite thing on ASMR is watching somebody else do somebody's makeup and do it really quiet Mm. and gentle, and I'm just like, yes. (laughs) Because you feel like it's happening to you, I think. Exactly. And you get so tingly. Yeah. It tickles your brain. It's so strange. It really is. And I've also found that I cannot watch ASMR in which the person doing it does not have some kind of accent. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter, like, like, what the accent is. It can be Southern. It can be... There's one chick I watched. She's Russian. But mm-hmm. the minute it's just like an everyday American accent, I'm like, no, <laughs> nothing <laughs> soothing about that. I was showing um, ASMR to Brock one time. And at the time, I was really into this like kinetic sand ASMR mm-hmm. where you like cut the sand. And there's this girl who is like, I'm going to make a fruit salad. And she had like the cookie cutters who was cutting out like <laughs> apples and stuff. He was like, what the hell are you watching? It's definitely the kind of thing that if you don't know what it is and what it's for, it's like, what is this? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it just kind of puts you into a zone, a relaxing zone. And I think it's funny that you can get like really into one person and then it just won't work anymore and you have to move on to the next person. Yeah. I really like Ting Ting ASMR. She's great. Shout out to Ting Ting. <laughs> Gentle Whispering. You're great too. Maria. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, I know her. She was, she lived in Maryland, right? She's like the Russian girl. She did. Girl. Mm-hmm. She was from Ellicott City, but she lives in California now. They all yeah, moved to California. 
those are my main ones. Do you have another one? I just had one more minor one, and that minor one was Amanda Bynes. Oh, my God. You and Amanda Bynes. Here's the thing. When I was younger, Amanda Bynes <laughs> was like in your everything. Youth. I, in my youth. was everything I wanted to be. She, I thought she was so cool and so funny and so pretty. She's the man was hilarious. What a girl wants was a gem. <sighs> like, I literally bought outfits that looked like her and what a girl wants. I have pictures. Yeah. Do you? We should put oh them God, on I our can... Instagram. Oh, my I'll God. I'll find a picture. <gasps> it's a picture of me at Sakura, and I'm definitely wearing an outfit that I literally looked at what a girl wants and went, <laughs> that's the outfit I want to wear. And so I bought it, except she was super skinny. I am not. So there's that. <laughs> okay. We'll put that on our Instagram for this episode. Great. <laughs> but I think... There. Amanda Bynes and Lizzie McGuire were of that. Yeah, you watched them and you liked their style. You liked their friends. Like, you thought they were cool. Yeah, it really spoke to me. And it probably spoke to me longer than it should have spoken to me. (laughs) You're like, I still wish I could be Amanda Bynes circa 2000. I was going to say, I don't want to be her now, but I'd I'd happily be her back then. Yeah, how is she? funny. Is she okay now? I haven't heard anything about her in a while. I follow her on Instagram. I don't think she's okay. I don't think she'll ever be okay. I think she has, like, genuine mental illness. Yeah. Well, I remember when she had her, like, whole thing in the public eye, but that was a while ago. But you think she Mm -hmm. still doesn't have it, like, under control? I mean, I obviously can't say. I don't know her. But I think from what I've seen, like, she will never be, like, She'll never be who she was before, and why should she? But, yeah, she's definitely not the Amanda Bynes of my youth. All we can do is just remember her fondly. <laughs> is what a and girl what wants she did streaming? For us. Is it streaming anywhere? I have can no I watch idea. It? I want to watch it tonight. I would <sighs> hope so, somewhere. What do you think is better, what a girl wants or she's the man? I don't think I ever saw She's the Man the whole way through. <gasps> Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay. You need to watch. You'll like it. You should watch it. Channing Tatum's in it. It was like his first movie. Mm. You should watch it. It's based off um, Twelfth Night, I think. Yeah. It seemed. Yeah. I think I had heard that. I think I kind of missed the whole Amanda Bynes thing in the 2000s. I think she was definitely like, you either liked her or you didn't. She's well, she very was... polarizing. Well, she, well, no, she wasn't from the Disney Channel. If anything, she was on all that. She was, yeah, like, from Nickelodeon. Yeah, she was a Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched her on all that, but I never watched The Amanda Show. The Amanda Show was annoying. I'll give you that. Yeah, I think that's what I, I kind of saw that and was like, eh. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to find out if she's the Amanda streaming. And if it is, you're going to watch it tonight. Oh, <laughs> so good gender swapping it's fantastic in a way that no reasonable person would have believed so that makes it even better <laughs> amazing yeah she doesn't really yeah she's not no. very believable is she no that's what makes it fantastic but then i guess the situation is if you were at a school and you never met a person and you know if they looked you know like that they're like i'm a dude you would never question it you'd just be like okay I don't know. I feel like I, I wouldn't. I'd be like, it. I don't know. 
I don't know their situation. Whatever. <laughs> You're just more open-minded than me, you I wanna, guess. You want me to call you a dude? I'll call you a dude. Whatever. <laughs> it's all a social construct, as Chaos Magic has taught me. I'll bring it full circle. There we go. Back to Chaos Magic. Hang on. There was a quote about that. I'll find the quote. I'll find the quote. Hang Ooh, on. Okay. That might be a good uh, note to end on. Oh, no. Can I not find the quote? I thought You're I put... failing us. Oh, Do better. No. Wait, what was I talking about? I've already forgotten. About, like, I don't know, gender constructs and... Oh, here it is. Don't worry. I wrote social construct shit there we go. next to it. <laughs> Tell constricted mankind that there are no rules unless they choose to invent rules. All right. It's all bullshit. That's why I'm That's taking true. away from that. All right. Well. All right, everyone. So please do all the things. Give us a comment. Whatever. Follow the podcast. That's what you do, right? Follow it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All right, everyone. Bye. Bye.